Welcome to this week's Silk Grassroots Podcast. Big interview. Hashtag stay strong. Brought to you by the Down to Play app. Grassroots football is finally back and we're buzzing. Get Down to Play today. The UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome to the latest big interview, hashtag stay strong recording. This one is up north. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed to say it's not very northern today. Uh, we've had two no-shows, so we're, we're south heavy. Uh, two of the teams are probably on the same uh, eastern as me, if we're looking at a grid. Uh, we have one team from uh, properly up north and one from north of London, so we're not north at all. Uh, today I'm joined by Ryan from D Rangers, really representing uh, the north. I have Reese from Unpredictable FC. I've got Chris from Stoke Poges and a name you may not know of, a, of the person, but a team you probably do follow on social media. Uh, everyone else does. Uh, Paul from Cavisham United. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. So, as I said, this is supposed to be the Up North um, podcast, but it's turned out to be every team that I'd like to have, I'd like to get onto the podcast that wasn't involved in a league that we that we directly covered. So, thank you everyone for uh, joining, Chris. First and foremost, thank you for doing that. Some of you may have seen the logos that Chris designed for uh, my my kids on uh, after a little request on on Twitter and he did a fantastic job and now they think they're YouTubers. So thanks for that, Chris. They've no got, problem at all. They've, they've got nine followers, so they've got nine subscribers, so they're well happy. <laughs> they've, had yeah. they've had 100 views from their seven subscribers. It's probably my dad or something watching them every day just to try and get their numbers up. But thank you very much oh, for that, mate. That could be the next big thing. Absolutely chuffed with that. Thank you. So let's get into uh, the introductions. Uh, so let's go to uh, Ryan first as our as our token northerner tonight on the show. Uh, let's talk about who you are, uh, who your team are, what league you're playing, and uh, how you how you found yourself involved with D Rangers. Yeah. So uh, obviously I'm I'm at D Rangers in, in Chester uh, in the northwest. So. Um, we play in the Chester District Sunday League, so that, that sort of encompasses everything from the water just before you get to Liverpool, yeah. all the way through to sort of crib. Um, not that that is as many teams as it sounds like it could be. Um, we seem to be a bit low on teams, but the area is massive, so some of the away games are quite far away. Yeah. Um, I've been involved in the club 10 years, um, signed as a player, and um, within 18 months I was taking my turn to do the kit every week and all that sort of stuff. And uh, when the manager decided his time was up, it was sort of natural progression, keep the team going, keep take over it right. You don't you just have to pick the team. And then next thing you know, it was it was absolutely everything else. So, yeah, <laughs> 10 years later, here we are, we're still going. Good side? Are you a good side? Do you, do, you play in a, do you play in a high division or are you around the middle? What's, what's the, what's the trophy really? cabinet looking like too? We're one of the classic sort of yo-yo teams. We're probably too good for Section B, not quite good enough for Section A. Because um, where where we fall geographically, Chester ends and then Solney begins, which is Wales. And 
the Welsh Premier League is Saturday only. So you get a lot of players who can play for teams like Saltney and the Leach, which will mean nothing to many people, but geographically they are just a mile outside Chester. So we're their, their closest Sunday league. Okay. So they play Welsh Premier League or Welsh Division 2 on Saturday, paid to play, and then they, they chuck a fiver in the pot on Sunday and they come down and, and wallop everyone when they've been playing for TNS or Airbus or something on the Saturday. Right. So it's a tough, it's a tough division section A. They're not contracted in that in that league, then. If they get caught, some of them are, yeah. But it's oh. it, it's easy to to manipulate, or has been for years. A bit easier to manage now. We've got the whole game system, but for years and years, when it was just paper sign on sheets, you know anybody could be anyone. It's you know there's 150 John Smiths playing in Chester and stuff like that. It's, <laughs> it, it happens every year, but. I sort of take that as part of like where we're from. That that is Sunday League. That's what we do, and you've got to accept that from now and now and every now and then you might be playing against a superstar, um, and you just you got to take it and just get on with it. Just kick him. <laughs> well, if you can catch him. <laughs> right. So, Reese from Unpredictable FC, uh, tell us a bit about yourself, about the club, and the league you play in. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my name is Reese. Um, I'm actually one of the co-founders of the club. And I'm actually the manager of Unpredictable Word. Basically, I would say brand new, considering um, Ryan just said 10 years. We've probably been going for one year now. So okay. we're in our first year. We basically started off as a, a like a, kind of like a banter, six society team, just playing with mates on the Thursday nights. Um, then it got a bit more serious. You had We were doing well there. We were going top, top two. So players from the bottom teams wanting to play for us that are good, but they're just playing with their mates. So we thought, this is too many people to play six aside. I ain't going to choose 11. So we swapped to 11 asides um, in, in about July. We started 11 aside, went into lockdown one. We started again. So we've been going for a year now in the East Hearts Griffins League. So we're originally from North London, most of our boys. But we're playing the Chesant um, League Hartfordshire League. Um, obviously, it's the smaller one of the Hearts advertise. Advisors League. Yeah. So our our league's not really like a social media presence compared to the other two leagues near us. So it's quite a low league that there's still some quality teams in there, but we've gone one of the ruling sides, normally the new teams down to the bottom divisions. So we're currently in Div Five, I believe. Okay. But we're sitting top um at, at this current stage. Would other East Hearts teams call you Sharks then, by any chance? Um, not not in a way. I think a lot of our some of our boys do come from Cheshunt area, so they kind of it's kind of a mixed. So it's kind of a North London team with some Cheshunt boys. So it's kind of like we go and play on a Sunday. We know half the team that we're playing against. So it's more of just a weird mix kind of thing. Okay, fair enough. And I must say, on uh, on the recording, the winners of one of our uh, most coveted uh, Selk caps. I think you were one of the milestone um, yeah. followers. Where I we think give, we were, were fifteen hundred or or something like two thousand or something like that, um, and you received that. So uh, thank you for following us at that at that massive milestone. Getting onto getting onto that Paul from Caversham. Uh, can you tell us if you do play football or not? I do. And I guess my story is fairly similar to, to Ryan there. Um, joined, the, joined the club in its 
previous name uh, seven, eight years ago now. Uh, was a player for a couple of seasons and we were terrible back then, like proper terrible. Um, the guy that was running it decided he'd had enough, left the club in a load of debt and I didn't realise this until after I'd been volunteered into taking over. Um, so not only did I kind of pick up the, the management, still playing and all the stuff off the pitch as well, but I had to sort out all the all the money, which was a nice intro to it all. Um, but yeah, still playing, still managing the side, still doing a lot of the stuff behind the scenes. Um, managed to um, get one of the lads, Joe, on board now, who does a lot of the graphics and stuff that you'll see on our Twitter, um, like all the fixture stuff things like that so that's obviously a big help but um yeah we are currently playing in the um the red and district sunday league um when i kind of took over we were bottom of the bottom division so bottom mm-hmm. of division four and we've managed to work our way up to uh, division one now um which is the third tier of the league so fairly right. successful over the last it kind of coincides with our sort of social media endeavours as well. Probably not connected, but potentially. And um, since then, we've kind of started to win a few, well, a lot more games and, and progress our way up the divisions with the help of a few um, curtailed seasons as well. Yeah, I mean, it is sadly two two curtailed seasons for you guys. It doesn't look like a restart is in sight for you, unfortunately. We'll get on to that shortly. What's the standard of the league like Paul? Um, yeah, I mean, probably it's quite mixed, really, because um, even down in the in the bottom division, and I'm, I'm not sure if this is the case with other le- other leagues and stuff, but you tend to find that teams get up two or three divisions into the um, structure of the league, and then they'll fold and restart again at the bottom, mm. rather than being fed in what probably where they should be higher up. So when you are in that bottom division, it's quite hard to get out of it because you constantly have decent new teams joining it. You get sharky um, teams like Unpredictable FC going into it, don't you? <laughs> uh-huh. Exactly that. Um, but yeah, a, a few of them, you'll, you'll see it. They'll get two promotions and then fold and then they're back in division four and they'll go again and just tank teams sort of 10-0 every week go up a couple of divisions, start getting the harder games and think, nah, not having this, we'll start again. Okay. Which is... It's their own. It's their own. I mean, Sunday football is still, there's still lots of pub teams and mates teams, but for those that want to take it a bit more seriously and want to go through the divisions, I guess that's why, that's why these, that's why leagues do have a divisional structure like that. If you want to go Mm. up and, and be more serious about it, Obviously, here in the southeast, we've got or southeast London area, we've got lots of um, excellent, um, excellent Sunday football teams, and you know they're all in the top divisions of wherever they play. Um, and if if you don't want to take it seriously, we've also got on the flip side of that lots of teams that just go out and play football, win, lose, or draw. It's all about the beer after, and you know you can't criticize you can't criticize teams for that. But if they are generally good teams, then it seems they're just they're just going out to win 10 nil every week. That doesn't really, it doesn't really strike true with me. That's not really in the spirit of it, but as I say, each to their own. Chris from Stoke Poges, tell us a bit about yourselves. Obviously what another team um, who've been 
very much um, getting involved on social media with the grassroots community, uh, putting yourselves about and, and getting involved with polls and all that stuff. Although I don't want to get into polls. I don't want to get into polls too much tonight. Uh, we're I've, avoid them. I've started charging for retweets now for our charity. <laughs> no one's asked me since I put that since I put that one out. Uh, Chris, tell us a bit about your club, uh, what league you're playing, and and uh, how it's going so far. Yeah, well, um, Stoke Poges itself has been going for a few years. I think I've been involved with the club coming up to about ten years. That was in the Saturday side. Um, I've gone off and done other things at, at different clubs, but. You know, I've always had a link to Stoke Poges. Um, during the first lockdown last year, I came up with the idea of, of starting a Sunday team myself. And I've kind of become a jack of all trades within that team. I think I'm the manager, captain, coach, kit man. I do a bit of everything, really. Social media guy. Um, and, and, I, and I play as well. So, um, it's, do people, uh, do people, job, say, do people say you only play because you're the manager, though? Or do you earn your place? Well, well I score all the goals from the centre-back. So <laughs> I, save up, I save up a lot, to be honest. But um, I think one thing I've learned over the last year is I'm 28 now and I've been playing football for a long time. And as a player, I 100% took it for granted how much work goes in behind the scenes. Yeah. I've, I've, I'm dealing with a lot of it myself. Um, I should probably share out some of the duties a little bit, but you know, it's our first season and I feel a level of responsibility there but yeah you know there's a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes that as a player you know the work happens but you take for granted just how much there is so yeah anyone that does run a club they, they should be commended for the work they do um a bit more about the club so yeah the reason what I wanted to do was was kind of go back to basics of the team and you, you mentioned a minute ago about pub team I kind of wanted to go back to being a sort of simple pub team I played that at teams where it's taken very seriously in the Premier Division and you've got sort of semi-pro players coming down and, and going out to win everything. And as much as I enjoy winning, I wanted to form a team where ability wasn't everything. I wanted yeah. to get my friends down I haven't played football for a long time. Yeah. If you look at our team now, we've got a whole range of ages and ability levels. We've got our youngest player is 17. Okay. Uh, our oldest player is probably 35. Young. We've got that range of players and we've got a couple of players that had never played 11-a-side football before. Um, their first game was actually against Caversham. First 11-a-side game they played in their life was, was last year. Um, we've got other players who've, who've played semi-pro, who've won everything. So there's a whole range there. Um, even during the last, the most recent lockdown, we've signed on a couple of players that I went to school with that haven't played football for up to yeah. 10 years. So it, it's about being inclusive, really, and giving everyone the opportunity to go out and play football without the pressure. Um, we've got a pretty good team together. We actually beat Caversham 2-0. Yeah, well, I was just going to add on that, actually. You know, we're a charitable side and all of that. We we thought we'd give them a win just to, you know, help them along, start them off yeah, on the right foot. Yeah, we fired off on a positive note. Um, hang on, and then hang on. Is, there, is there a little rivalry there, guys? No, we're we're friends, but we're we're still waiting for that rematch that you uh, haven't put it, 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 it on the table yet. So since then, yeah, we've continued to grow. We try and be active on on social media, enjoy that side of it as well. Um, seeing the work that Cavishan do out there, which is great. Seeing the following they've got and interacting with some of the bigger clubs, um, great to see them. We enjoy it, and you know, there's a lot a lot of opportunities out there in 
like you won your competition the other day, which was great to see big companies getting involved and, and, and giving out prizes. And we ourselves, we got a sponsorship with Legea. We got a sponsorship with a company called Valve. who give us nutritional products. Um, there's companies out there that want to get involved with grassroots. And yeah. we just want to take advantage of that, really, because you know, grassroots is great. It's, I know we're going to get onto it a little bit. It's mental health, but um, having a group of players and a, and a team um, it is really important. So Absolutely. That's, that's, why we, that's why we founded this team and, and it's going well. Um, we're doing well as a team. We're, we're playing in the Thames Valley Sunday League. Uh, we're in Division 3. We got put in there because it's our, our first season and we're probably suited to it, maybe a little bit above it. Um, but the range of players we've got, we want to have I don't want to damage people's confidence if throwing people onto a pitch that haven't played football for a long time and we get past the 10-0. So yeah. we're going, we've, we've, we played three league games. Um, we won all three. But I think that's out the window now because they're going to scratch the current league and restart it through separate uh, tables, oh. basically. <clears throat> but yeah, we're doing well on the pitch. Um, and yeah, we're, we're enjoying it. We want to continue to grow. Fantastic. So, boys, I'm just going to ask, just going to pose a quick question. I know, I know where I sit on this one. It's not, it's not a, it's not a terrible question. Don't worry about it. What would you prefer to win a league or to win a cup final? What's your, what's oh, your choice? Cup final, hundred percent. Cup final. Hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, Ryan, you're you're about the, the big day out, yeah. Yeah, the yeah, cover. We've been we've been a club for coming on forty years now, and we've never won a cup ever. Like, mm-hmm. so we won a couple of leagues back in the day. Won a couple of more things as I've played and stuff, but we've never had that day out in the final and, and, and won it and been down the pub afterwards and stuff. Yeah. So that's that's the sort of the dream, I suppose, really. So, you know, you put all this work in as, as all the guys will attest to and you want that day. You know, when we went when we went up and we get promoted, we went up at a canter. Yeah. So you don't really get that when you go up by 15 points and you, you're a country mile above everybody else. You don't get that. And no. Because the standard, the opposition we played in the final, that we'd been superb all season. They battered us five one. Yeah. So that day is something that I, you know, every year I'm like, this is the one. This is the one that we're going to do it. So that's what that's what we're after. Chris, you all about the cup final as well? Yeah, hundred percent. So when the league contacted us about restarting, they gave us two options. One was to continue the league in its current standing uh, with everyone playing each other once, or split the current league into two smaller groups, the top two teams play each other and effectively a cup final. So option A would have suited us because we're top of the league, one, three from three. Um, but the opportunity to play in a cup final and have that day out, you know, it was, it was too much to, to say no to. Um, at Stoke Coach, I've never been in a cup final with Stoke Coaches. I've gone off and played for other teams. Um, I'm lucky to enough have won a fair few cup finals and, and there's nothing you can get your friends down, your family down. Everyone's there watching. Um, you're not you're not playing in the FA Cup final, but you know you're playing in the final with your mates, and, and you've got people watching you. It's uh, usually at a decent standard ground. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. Race, you're the gaffer. What would you choose, a league title or a cup final? Me, it has to be the cup final. I think this season's been. I always love a cup final. The whole day out, like you're saying, get the family down, get the friends down. Get them nice and early. Get a, like a good, like it's a proper atmosphere feel. But all our cups have been cancelled this season, so mm. we're definitely looking forward to next season. We can get 
hopefully get some silverware through cups and get that big day out as we all want. <clears throat> Absolutely. Paul, where do you sit on that one? Yeah, I'm going to make it a clean sweep and go cup final as well. Yeah. Um, can't believe people tell me that they would prefer a, le- a league. And I just think you don't, when you, if you win a league, you don't get the trophy when at, at the day you win it. Like it's not like all there for you. It's all you have to. You just get the trophy given to you at a, at a league meeting at the end of the year and all that. And like it's good. It's, it's, really. it's not. Yeah, it is a bit. But the cup final is probably your first. The first time that your your mum or or your nan or whatever has come and watched you play football that year. Um, and it's a special family day out, and you know. Your managers probably put a bit of extra effort in and hang your shirts up on the pegs for you in a, in a nice changing room, and you probably get a free banana. <laughs> but that but that'll be about it. But it's a fantastic. I was lucky enough to manage a Sunday league team, and we won we won leagues and and cup finals. And the cup finals are always the day the big the good night out after. Uh, the bloke who broke his collarbone in the game has come out with you on the night out because he doesn't want to miss out on it. All that, all that mad stuff that happens uh, on those nights. But yeah, I'm hung, I'm well pleased you said that, boys. And maybe, maybe it's an outside of um, of London thing because lots of teams say league titles, and I can't get me around that at all. So uh, I think we've spoken about your league. So let's talk about the restart and how that's going to look. I think Chris has already gone into that a little bit. Um, so we'll go to Ryan uh, on that. What's the restart looking uh, like for you guys up there? So we've we've just had the results of a vote. So about a month ago, we had our first vote. First vote was simply, do you want to carry on or do you want to end it? And it was near unanimous. Everyone was happy to carry on. Needed to find out the details from the government, from the FA, and we just started to wait. And then that announcement came, end of March, you're allowed to play, and we were waiting and waiting. Yeah. And um, they asked us the tail end of last week, can you give us another vote? These are your options. Uh, you can play everything and, and we have to surpass 75% of the league to be able to finish it with average points per game. Yep. Um, we can just play the Cups or you can just play the league or you can null and void it sort of thing. So I'm assuming nobody voted null and void, but... Um, it's come back today that the vote came through unanimous that we want to continue with as much football as we can, which personally thinks the only fair way of doing it, even though I appreciate the league committee putting it out for people to choose. Yeah. I don't really see how it would have been too fair if they'd have gone just cups because there's people who have already been knocked out of them. So yeah. it wouldn't, I don't think that would have gone down too well if that was the one that got chosen. But yeah. we will be starting on the fourth, even though we don't know who against yet. We'll be starting on the fourth, first Sunday back, and then we'll play Sunday, Tuesday until every single possible fixture is finished. Nice one. Obviously, grassroots football, I think everywhere has been extended. If it's restarting, then we've all been given permission to play until the end of June, which would be nice. Um, hopefully, all the pitches and stuff have been looked after and tended to in this period of downtime, but I'm guessing some of them look a bit like the Amazon. Uh, the Amazon jungle at the moment where groundsmen have uh, decided to have a few months off. Let's hope uh, they've been busy working in the meantime. Uh, Reese, what did uh, what did your league go with for the restart? I think Reese has frozen. Uh, Chris, you said a little bit. What, what was the reasoning behind 
uh, going with the mini leagues? Um, they gave a bit of an excellent. They, they said uh, they wanted people to play as much football as possible, really. So but by splitting it into two groups, everyone was guaranteed a certain amount of games. Um, and then obviously the effective cup final at the end of it. So it results in more football for everyone. Um, and then a big day out at the end of it for two teams. So for us, it was a no-brainer, really. I did put it to the group chat. Um, a few of the players fancied going for the league um, because we started so well. But the, on the whole, everyone's happy to, to go for the two mini-leagues. So we're starting our first games on the 11th. We scheduled in a friendly on the 4th. to sort of break back in. Um, and then, yeah, we're going from there. We're still waiting for pictures to come out. Um, but yeah, that's, that's it really. So looking forward to it. How did they work out the mini league then? Is it each division split into two? Yeah, they, have, they haven't. I, I don't know how the breakdown's going to happen if it's just going to be the current league table literally split in half or they're going to pick two groups out of hats or they have to find some way to do it. But um, it doesn't really bother us how it works out. No, top of the league anyway, flying. I'm guessing uh, yeah. you'll take on you'll take on all all comers when it comes to anyone. We're beating Gavisham, so we can beat anyone. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Use us as a benchmark. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Reese, we just lost you there a minute ago. Um, how how is your division uh, restarting? What and what were the sort of options put forward to the to the teams if there were any? Yeah, sorry. I'm, I think I'm just going to join. I'm going to rejoin on my iPad because Wi-Fi is horrendous right now. So I no keep problem. dropping in and out. Just no give me problem. a second. Right. So Paul, let's go. Let's go over to you. Obviously, you've had the disappointment of of uh, not having um, a restart. Uh, how did that go down amongst the clubs uh, in in your division in the Reading and District? Yeah. So. The league, our league reached out to, to all the clubs to gauge their kind of views on restarting and restarting with a full programme with potentially midweek games and things like that and playing up until the end of June. And the, the consensus was quite mixed. There were a lot of clubs like ourselves that were quite keen to to get the season done, to play the games. And if it meant playing a couple of midweekers, then, then so be it, we can yeah. handle it. Um, we're, we're fortunate to have a ground we can use up until the end of June and mm-hmm. obviously not every club was in the same position um, some had concerns with players and availability and some didn't have pitches they could use and things so I think the league just took the, the overall view that um, it would be easier for the league as a whole to um, to kind of cull the season as it was call it null and void and and offered to put on a, um, a kind of subsidiary cup competition. And uh, we haven't heard anything back on that as of yet. Um, so I'm not sure whether that will go ahead, um, depending on interest. But you know Caversham United, we're not ones to kind of rest on our laurels. We've um, been busy at work and we've managed to engage with eight local teams and we're going to set up our own league for the remainder of the, the grassroots season. Okay, um, fantastic. So eight eight teams based in the Reading area to kind of limit travel and all that. Um, got a sponsor on board, got a charity on board, and we're gonna we're gonna have a, a kind of eight team league, play everyone once, and have a have our own kind of league and 
title and all of that. So uh, league football will be back here for this season, one way or another. Fantastic. Are you going to get that competition affiliated to your county and all that type of stuff to make it official or not? Not sure. Um, I know there's a few bits and pieces off the pitch you need to do to considering whether whether it's kind of worth doing or whether we just kind of organize it privately between us all um but yeah we'll we'll have a think about that but um yeah quite excited to to get back on the pitch and it's good that we've kind of come together with a few local teams to to kind of put that let's say competitive football back on for for this season and try and get something out of it did you get those scoundrels? Is it Burfield? Is that your your uh, rivals? Did you get those? Have they got seven teams involved in it with all the with all the teams they have to choose from? I mean, they could probably fill the league with with their own players, to be honest, and play out <laughs> a, an eight team league amongst themselves, which I'm sure they'll probably do anyway. To be fair, but um, no, Burfield won't be in in this one. Um, but kudos to them; they've been doing some good stuff off the pitch as well, and I see they've kind of put forward a women's team for next season and stuff like that so as much as I'd like to knock them I'll give them their credit for a little bit yeah. they're, they're a big club aren't they in, in in that area they provide football for lots and lots of people so we have to give them give them a bit of credit yeah. to, to be fair to them like their their set their setup is is massive like from youth level right up to adult I think they've got four Sunday league men's teams now two teams on a Saturday as well and just they're uh, taking over basically but we'll still keep uh, we'll, we'll keep going after them don't worry and you must be desperate to prove to people that you're not just a, a Twitter team you are you do actually a kick a ball in reality well in theory we do if we could get some games that aren't <laughs> called off because of Covid or the weather then uh, yeah we'd love to prove them wrong fantastic so Ray, sorry, I think I think you've got a better connection now. Um, yeah, hopefully. What's what what is the restart looking for? Uh, is it the East Hearts League? What's what's it looking? Yeah, like East up? East Hearts. What's it looking uh, like for you guys? So luckily, um, what um, the guy that runs the league, he's been fantastic. What he did actually is at the start of the season, he goes, "I'm going to put on loads more divisions to try and make sure we have less teams." So if we do go into a, a lockdown, obviously he didn't predict that we went into two more lockdowns. We went into a lockdown. When we come out, we can still play. And he's been very active this whole time. So he messages as soon as we went into the first lockdown, basically to us, I've already spoke to all the, because um, all our pitches are basically council owned. So we'll get it for the league. And he said, I spoke to all of them. They said they'll do it till June, as long as we start in the 1st of April. I mean, within April, this is when they're talking about May finish. Yeah. Nice of June. What he's done to us is he said, we're going to give you a two week kind of pre season almost to the 18th of April to get your boys ready because a lot of the teams in the area you've got some that take it very very serious like the, like the boys have been saying and some that are your typical pub teams so he's trying to get everyone back playing but he's been quality he's made a group chat of us all to make a little get some friendlies going in their first two weeks okay. so he's organised friendlies for us but the only downside is starting the 18th of April uh, and there might be a few double headers and yeah, so, so there's going to be a few double headers, but what he's done double headers a little bit different to the normal double headers like you tweeted earlier. So yeah. slightly different to them ones. 
Um, but yeah, 18th April, then we get started and finish the season by 6th of June. How are, they, how are the doubleheaders uh, different, if you don't mind me asking? So, see, normal, so this is what he's explaining. Normal doubleheaders is, let's say, I'm playing D-Rangers. We'll play D-Rangers twice in the, in the same day. What his plan is, because they have a lot of council pitches, is there's a place called Wormley playing that's got about six, seven pitches in the place. So he said, if there's two Div 5 teams, he's going to organise at the same time. So maybe us and uh, Flamingo is one of the other teams and another two teams playing the other pitch. What mm. happened is, is the two away teams would swap over. Okay. So, say, so another team is Hartford. They would come players and Flamingos would go and play the other team that okay. was playing. Okay, so rather than... Still, that's quite a good thing to do. But what, reduced reduced half lengths? Yeah, it's, just, it's still like the normal doubleheader rules where you play a 60-minute game. But it doesn't mean... Because it doesn't mean that the team exactly knows our tactics. So the second game is going to be a boring, maybe nil-nil. Yeah, they still keep that kind of excitement going. I quite like that for an idea. That's quite good. If you've got the facilities where I don't know if you live around the corner from Hackney Marshes, where you could have where you've got oh, yeah. 10, 12 pitches or whatever, and you can have twenty four teams and have a have a couple of games. That's that's good because you often get to the end of a season when these when lots of double bankers and things have been played, and you say, oh. Well, Teams will say, oh, well, you know, we didn't play them at full 90 minutes and, you know, we had X, Y and Z missing. Mm. So that's quite a good, I like that idea. Maybe other leagues listening to this, uh, we'll take that on. We need to make plans for all these stoppages uh, in the future. Uh, sadly, it's probably going to become uh, something that everyone will consider and smaller league sizes. I think one of the leagues we covered in Maidstone and Mid-Kent uh, went with um, a maximum of eight teams per Per division, and I think that's paid off for them. They're, they've got no trouble finishing their games, and I think that that may be one thing with that that comes out of this. That uh, eight divi- eight team divisions may be a thing of the future. I know lots of leagues like to have tens and twelves in in their divisions, especially uh, around this way. Um, but I think it's going to be prudent in future to go for uh, smaller league sizes. So that may be one thing we see uh, into our mental health section uh one that we have in every single show because of our charity that we follow the mark strong memorial uh fund uh, and lots of other reasons for that but mental health obviously is a different it's a different answer to, to some of you got from some of you guys now i guess we've got football in sight but just just what have you sort of seen amongst your group chats and and people you talk to about how important uh, grassroots football is for for people for normal people who maybe don't have another outlet that's their that's their thing they love to get out and do it what's it been like for your boys to have that taken away from them chris um yeah it's obviously been difficult for a lot of people over the last year um in all honesty our, our group chat it quietened down a little bit yeah. over the last couple of months which is understandable um you know, I try and keep it active as possible and keep people involved and interested and uh, give them somewhere to go and, and have a chat and know that, you know, we're a group of mates. I think we, we came together last year. The day we played Caversham was just the day that first time that I met some of our players. So people had brought their friends down. I brought people down. So a lot of us didn't know each other a year ago. And you so, won 3-0. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. Yeah, yeah. A bunch so of strangers. A sixteen-year-olds out there. Don't listen to him. <laughs> he's bitten. He's bitten. We've got him. We've got him. 
Um, so yeah, look, we we haven't uh, we came together relatively recently, so everyone's still getting to know each other, yeah. um, and we just want to want everyone to know that we you know we, they can rely on us and they can talk to us and they can trust us. Um, actually, at the weekend, talking of mental health, I, I watched uh, a podcast on YouTube um, with Roman Kemp, obviously talking about his experience. Um, yeah. Mental health is not something that I personally have got. I'm fortunate enough that I haven't suffered from it and I haven't been directly affected by it. Um, so I can quite easily just go about my life and not think about it and, and brush over things. Um, but after watching that, you know, I, I messaged all of the people that I signed for our Sunday team individually um, just, to, just to check in with them, you know, just let them know football's around the corner. I'm always here if they need a chat. Um, and the response was good. Everyone, everyone came back. They said they're okay. Everyone was saying how excited they are to get back playing football, which is, which is good to see. Um, so I think it will help people's mental health um, getting back to the football. It's not just the football itself. It's the community side of it, meeting up with a, a group of guys and having yeah. a laugh and having a bit of answer. Um, that can, it can, I wouldn't say it causes problems, but, you know, football traditionally, there's a lot of banter that goes on. Um, and it's not the easiest place to your problems um but as long as people know that you know if you want to message someone privately from the club and talk to them you know we're not all going to take the piss mm. um it's a serious thing that's going on at the moment and uh it needs to be taken seriously you can have banter but you know if you've got a group of 20 plus guys there you should all be supporting each other and if you've got problems you should be able to air them and, and help each other out absolutely mate fantastic message Ryan, how have you dealt with with this side of it, and and uh, anyone that's come forward and and for for a chat uh, at D Rangers? Um, so I've sort of took it upon myself. Like I've got a a wife who's a key worker. I've got a little boy. So as that that period of of the lockdown one going forward, you know, I found myself reaching out to others who've maybe got kids. I big background in sports coaching, I've worked in primary schools and reaching out and saying, what, what are you doing with your kids today? You know, what's going on? And we've got a veterans team as well. So I, I reach out to them. We've got maybe slightly different, you know, living situations and stuff a lot older than some, some of the lads who play on a Sunday. Yeah. And you, you just sort of keep in contact in that way, bouncing ideas off one another, even if it's not directly, you know, you so-and-so said this, so-and-so said that. We're just trying to keep that, that morale up for everyone and, as we went through the first lockdowns, I think it you was know, relatively widely accepted. We had the weather, everything was a bit different, people making the most of it. Yeah. Um, second one was, was Christmas, you know, we had that to look forward to. And I think this one's the one that's really hit people. And since we stopped playing football pre-Christmas and I've gone through my phone book and, and sort of, dedicated myself a day where I said, right, today I'm going to do everyone who plays for the Rangers whose name begins with A. I'm just going to send them a text. Mm-hmm. And then the next day it's B and the next day it's C. And we've got that many people, especially with the vets, because it's a lot more drop in and play when you can sort of thing. Yeah. 50 or 60 names involved. So it's a case of just letting everybody know that, you know, I'm here if you need to talk to me because all of them know me because of my role in, in the club. Um, I mean, if you need me, if you want to, you know, meet up and go for a jog, sound. If you want to come and um, kick a ball around, just me and you, fine, just to have a little chat, you know, and I found myself, I work in catering, so 
my best friend who, who plays for the team is, is a chef. Um, we've just not been working. So we find ourselves just having random conversations that we've not had like we were since we were in high school together. Yeah. And that, that's been really good, to be honest. Fantastic, but yeah. At the same time, you know, we know we're both climbing the walls. It's difficult to know what you can do and what you can't do. And you look over, we've, we've got another another really good mate who's played for us for seven or eight years who's um, a doctor of mathematics. So he's been working every single day, but he's been working from home, lives on his own. He hasn't really been out of the house for the better part of a year. Yeah. And you kind of find yourself reaching out to him and saying, like, you know, do you need anything? Do you want anything? Is there anything I can help you with? Thankfully, he's coped all right and he seems perfectly happy, but it's just not a great situation. I find myself struggling at times. And if I didn't have 50, 60 names in my phone book to reach out to, I think it could have been a tough time for me as well. Mm. So it's, it, you know, I know everybody's struggled, but. They're just sort of examples that I can speak of and I know other clubs are doing great things to look after one another and extend that community. And you see um, a lot of people have took to Twitter and got involved with things. And, you know, pre pre the pandemic, D-Rangers Twitter, D-Rangers Facebook was very Chester and, and maybe Liverpool-centric. And we've now got connections and um, contacts that are all over the country, all over Europe, where you can just say, oh, what's football like that? You know, and that's just a different um, string to the bow, just a different conversation that you can have. And it's, in that sense, I think there's been a lot made of, of the situation we've been in. And that's been good to see, really, because I know a lot of people could have struggled. A lot more people could have struggled than did. Yeah. And, and it's, it's good to see that we've minimalised that number as best we could for myself and everybody else that's involved here tonight and, and in other amazing clubs that aren't on here tonight. So mm. Agreed. It. Agreed. Do you know what's important though, Ryan, that, and I'm not saying you wouldn't do it, you sound like a, the perfect person to be leading your club in the way you do, but all of that, all of this initiative that people are taking to, to text people, are you okay? That definitely it needs to carry on. That needs to become, it needs to become habit outside of any sort of lockdown situation. We've all got friends who, who are struggling or could be struggling or go quiet all of a sudden, or they just stop interacting with, um, with the group chats and and just because we're not locked down anymore it doesn't mean you don't have to stop sending it doesn't mean that you can stop sending these texts to people that you haven't heard from for a little while it's so important to continue that conversation and I know that's a bit of a that's a that's a bit of a cliche thing to say but we need to keep all this checking in on people do you need staff can I help you do you want to go out do you want to go and kick a ball do you want to have a beer when we're allowed to go and have a beer we need to keep all this going. It's, it's all these good habits that people have started in the last 12 months now. We need to keep them going. And Ryan, it sounds like you've done a fantastic job. Reese, uh, uh, unpredictable. Are you a good, are you a supportive club of each other? Um, well, to be fair, the past two days I've actually gone through, not me personally, but I spoke to a few players who have gone through quite a tough time. So basically, yeah. during lockdown one, we also still train ourselves as a club. So we didn't really have nothing to go off. Lockdown two was fine, lockdown three. And I think, obviously, me being the manager and the gaffer, my kind of job is like, well, I've been doing what, what Ryan's been doing, checking on the boys. Because the group chat, I think, when we went into lockdown, just went dead silent. So yeah. probably when the government announced the, the announcement, my group, the group chat hasn't stopped talking. But luckily, the saving grace is, is they've allowed one-to-ones with over 18s, obviously, the FA. And I've had a few players I've had two players I'm not going to mention the names obviously no, no, no. for their sakes who have 
really, really struggled um, this time. And one player in particular, I, I think I must have had about an hour and a half phone call with him. Um, well, I, was, I just went for a walk. I was just on the phone to him because he's been going through a really, really tough time with everything going on. And um, I've been doing one-to-one sessions with the players, more of a, not as a gaffer trying to get his players fit, but more as a manager just trying to see his players and talk to his players mm-hmm. in that kind of situation. Um, and speaking to all the boys, because we're still a brand new team. Um, because all the lockdowns, boys are still getting to know each other because we're all friendship groups, but we're different friendship groups. Mm-hmm. And he actually opened up to me something that he went through in the summer that he hasn't told many of the boys. So then I rang my mate who we run it with together and I said to him, I've had enough of boys and our team feeling like they're going through this alone. I said, what I want to do now is in the summer is we wanted to do a charity game, but we weren't sure about our charity that we we're going to base off. And I was mm-hmm. thinking, I know what we're going to do. I said, we, I said, what are my plans for next season? I want to do a mental, massive focus on men's mental health mm-hmm. seeing firsthand how it's affected my players even now I'm getting a bit emotional thinking about the stuff mm-hmm. he told me is focusing on men's mental health and creating pathways for our players where uh, one of them his suggestions were the ones who are struggling was like I actually want to go and help kids who are struggling and teach them how to speak about the emotions I was like that kind of stuff I want to do I want to create an atmosphere where men's mental health so this, this is kind of new no one else knows this but where men's mental health is talk about so much about everyone, so everyone knows about it. Because I'm, I'm just tired of people feeling that they can't talk about it because they think, oh, my problems are not problems. Or people think, like one of the players said to me, um, I didn't want to tell anyone about this because people think, oh, it's just it's just an excuse for him not wanting to go to workloads. And I was thinking, that's silly. Like mm. it's so important, mental health, because I've seen it firsthand of these players struggling. And that's literally just why I want to do such a big thing of when we get back surrounding mental health and we're putting and we're putting plans in place for what we can do in our local area for mental health really. Fantastic, mate. Sounds like a it sounds like you've got a plan that, that uh you're gonna you're gonna definitely execute. So keep up the good work on that. And it's good that you've helped at least one person, helping one person uh, at the mm. beginning. Will it will you'll, it will end up you'll help a lot more than one person. So good luck on that one, Reese. Uh, so Paul, with Cavisham, obviously, the news that you wasn't restarting uh, may have knocked the lads uh, their their outlook on things a little bit. They may have been disappointed to to be missing out uh, on some football this season. How much was that uh, charity tournament in your mind? Just you know, with one with one eye on keeping them active and and knocking the sort of cobwebs off and, and uh, giving them that, that release on a Sunday morning. Yeah, absolutely right. And kind of as soon as that decision came through that the league wasn't going to be continuing, I thought, well, let's let's get something set up. So we have got that football to come back to and we've mm. got games every week scheduled and there is that kind of feel of, like I said, a bit of competitiveness. So it's more than just, oh, it's a friendly or whatever. Um, but just to get everyone back on the pitch and our um, the Bucks and Bucks County Affairs started up um, a Monday night league, um, which is like 11 aside, but 60 minute games, um, mm-hmm. which starts in May as well. So we should we should be able to get a, a decent amount of football in before kind of the, the peak of summer and everyone goes off to watch the Euros for a month. Um, so 
yeah, I mean, my kind of focus was to try and get everything set up for the lads for as soon as we can leave the house again and, and meet up as a group and play that football. We've got our training sessions all booked up, ready to go. We've got fixtures from the first Sunday available, probably right for until the end of June at least now. And we've got the Monday stuff coming in as well. So hopefully by the end of it, they've almost had too much football. Yeah, they'll be uh, sick of but it. It's made for up the... for like the past <laughs> few months sort of thing. Yeah, um, I've got to say, it's, it's very strange not to have any sort of niggles or little injuries um, at the moment. It's been uh, a few months of of uh, recovering and it's very strange. I'm, I'm, it's weird not waking up on a Monday morning and actually being able to get straight out of bed and not have to crawl across the floor and pull myself up on a on a banister or something to stand up. I need I need that feeling again. That's it. But the the kind of benefits of the to mount mental health of physical exercise and it's just I mean I'm talking from a personal kind of perspective and I know a lot of other people feel like this but when I go sort of a few days without doing any type of kind of exercise or anything I start to get all like if I'm staying in the house I'm like climbing the walls sort of mm. thing I just feel, feel lethargic like I kind of need that to to keep me going sort of thing and if I let my exercise slip then that's it I lose concentration and and all sorts and the impact is massive and mm. I've got to say I'm sick to death of running now so I need football back ASAP yeah did you guys have all the 5k runners in your group chats or did you avoid the, did you avoid all of that yeah yeah we've got our 5k even our keepers on the 5k's and he's absolutely <laughs> buzzing because He's, He's not a runner. Running. He he is not a runner, but fair play to him. He managed to get um to get his first five k under twenty five minutes. Like I think this was back in lockdown one or two. I don't think he's still there now, but fair play to him for yeah, well for done. getting stuck in and uh, battling all the the couch to five k warriors in the group chat. Uh, fair play. It was a good thing to do if it kept people engaged and and gives gave them something to focus on. Uh, that's great. Um, I guess we're all, we're all anxious to see. I don't know if, how many games you guys are playing. If you've got one uh, next week on the from the 29th when we kick when we kick it off. If you're playing straight away, I know I've got four. I've got four friendlies on. I've got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday now, and two on the Sunday. So I will definitely be asking the missus to to help me out of bed on on uh, on the Monday on Easter Monday. Uh, but I I love that so as much football as we can possibly play. Hopefully we'll all be doing it. And yeah, as you say, by the end of June, we'll be ready to watch England crash gloriously out of the, the Euros, uh, underachieving, uh, but at least the pubs will be open uh, while we drown our, we drown our sorrows. Uh, so future plans for your clubs. Obviously, um, if your season's done, it'll be next season, but uh, start with Ryan at D-Rangers. What are your... So what's the outlook for the rest of this season? Have you got any, are there any title aspirations or, or cups uh, left to battle for? Uh, or is it um, consolidate and, and actually use the rest of this season as a, as a mini pre-season for next year? Um, well, I mean, theoretically, the, the quadruple's on, but uh, it won't happen. Um, with, with... <laughs> Believe, believe. <laughs> it takes some belief, trust me. Um, <laughs> We're, we're in one semi-final, that's really good, but we know 
the draw's not been made, but we know we're the lowest ranked team in the in the, in the hat. So whoever we play is going to be a tough game. Yep. Um, as I mentioned before about the, some of the standard of opposition that we play, you know, we, we just have to go there and maybe play a little bit different, play a little bit clever. Um, we're not we're not a bad side. We're really not. But sometimes you've got to hold your hands and say they're a very good side as well. Um, so we know whoever we get in the semi will be tough. We're in another quarter final, so we know we've got another shout there to get through. Um, and then the league, we've only played four fixtures, so theoretically anything could happen. Really, yeah. you know, there's another cup across there that we hasn't not no games have been played in that cup. So there's there's loads to play for. You know, if we want to play and, and, and we're able to get the right lads together and put a team out, but. Anything could happen, and I think everyone here will testify to that. Is you, you might have fifteen good players and, and a few other squad players and, and what have you, but if you're playing two or three times a week, some of the lads play Saturday as well. So in three weeks' time, I'll have lads who have had four months off and they're now playing five games a week. Yes. So you know it's it's going to be tough, and I've got players who are really good players, but they're not Premier League players. They can't play five games in a week and still. No good by the fifth one so that'll be a struggle but for us every year I say it every year to my, my, my brother's the captain and the treasurer and I say it to him every year the most important thing that we need to do is A survive because in my third season at the club we, is my first season as manager we nearly folded we lost that many players who were of you know the old manager's team and they got to sort of mid-30s or I can't do it anymore. And I said, right, okay, we, we need to survive. That's our key focus every year, survive and survive well. Make yeah. sure we've got money in the bank. Make sure we can field 11 players every single week. Make sure we don't owe anybody anything and keep turning out in a, in a nice clean kit on a decent enough pitch. And that's that's success for me. I'm yeah. happy with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we as a club are approaching our 40th anniversary. So that all of our plans are really going into that and, um, when I signed, we were sort of mourning the loss of a player and, and the club treasurer. He died age 27. So every year since I signed, we've raised mm. money in his honour. Um, every year we we try and do one better. And even in the middle of you know, COVID, we managed to throw a game together last minute and we made 800 quid. Um, Brilliant. And we do that. And that's my target from... September the 1st, I'm thinking about the summer. I'm thinking about, you know, can we do a raffle? What prizes can I get? Can we do a special edition shirt? Who can I sell it to? Can we get, you know, something different? So the fact that we're approaching 40, we've got a special edition shirt coming out that only I've, I've designed it. I've done it. You know, you see these sublimation kits that you can get made. We've done that and we've got something special coming out for um, people who've been involved in the club for however many decades to, to buy them. We've got um, some amazing prizes for a raffle. We're just waiting for life to be a bit normal. I don't want to start saying to people, right, post-pandemic, everyone's lost their job or they've lost 20% of their income for over a year and now we're going to start selling you stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Just, you just got to read the room a little bit and, and see what we can do. So that's our, our plan is to to keep going, keep plugging away, keep having a good set of lads, keep them engaged um, and keep growing. You know, the, the next thing um, we want to do 
is we've got a Masters team in the mix. So we're going to have plus 45 football for the first time in... Brilliant. A first official time in Chester. Not not in our county, but in our city. So we're going to be travelling to play plus 45s football, uh, which is going to be ace. And then my son is three. will soon be four. So then we're going to set up like a mini kickers where I'm going to coach him and do the... Um, the ABCs of movement, fundamentals of football and get all the lads who've got kids, getting their kids playing football because round in our area, the only opportunity to do that is really, really expensive. And I just don't, I don't see the value when I'm more than qualified to do it. I said, right, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it with my son. So the wife's happy. I'm going to go out. And as long as we cover the costs, that's it. It'll cost you three quid. Whereas other places are doing it for 20 quid a week and it's like, yeah. I don't see the value in it. So no. that's the, the future is to grow the club at both ends of the age spectrum, basically. That's absolutely fantastic. I wish you all the best with that, Ryan. That sounds like you're, you're a proper, proper club. That's what I call a proper club anyway. So keep up the hard work and the, the hard work hasn't you haven't done any hard work yet if you're going to start all that stuff so prepare, prepare yourself. That sounds like a mammoth task, but absolutely fantastic all the same. Well done, mate. Chris, Stoke Poges, what's it looking like for the rest of the season for you guys and the future? Well, the rest of the season, obviously, uh, short term is to, to win this league and, and win the cup final, to win that league. Um, and then from then on, just grow the club, really. Um, obviously, it's our first year. We've got a lot of new people involved. Uh, the fact that we've started so well and we're getting results on the pitch and we're doing bits and pieces on social media, you know, there's a bit of attraction there. Yep. Um, I'm getting messages from people that I know that want to get involved, which is great. Um, we've got two Saturday teams as well, which we're, we're linked with them as well. So it's quite a big club already. There's a lot of people involved and it's just uh, pushing on from there, really. Uh, one thing that we are involved in is we're also linked to uh, a project called Ultimate Eleven, who are on social media and stuff. And they're, they're our, effectively our charity team. Uh, and we've entered into the National Affinity Tournament, which you've probably seen. It's yeah, we had them on. We had them on in our first show of this series. We had the charity teams on, and yeah, uh, they were really yeah, so fantastic. We're lucky, we're lucky, yeah, we're lucky enough to be part of that, um, or, or some of our players will be. Um, so yeah, we want to grow the charity side of things alongside growing the team. We've done a few little bits and pieces during lockdown. We had a FIFA tournament. Um, we raised a few hundred pounds for a couple of charities. We went down to Brighton um, post lockdown and played against Sands United. Um, who are a great club. Um, yeah. yeah. They're a really touching club when you look into their, their background and their story. Um, we played against them. We did, we did a minute silence before the game. And, yeah, it's just a Sunday league pre-season friendly, but it was one of like the most emotional sort of moments I've had on a football game. Yeah. Seeing, ability-wise, we, we, we won the game comfortably, um, but... Uh, they still walked off the pitch with a smile on their face and it just shows you that football's more than just uh, the 90 minutes on a pitch. Um, mm. The fact that they got beat and they come off smiling more than when they went on the pitch, they're just such a togetherness and that, that goes back to the mental health bit as well. They, they are there for each other. Um, they've got something in common and they need that group uh, and that's, that's one of the positives of football. So um, it's a pleasure to be involved with those guys. Uh, so just, we, we want to do stuff like that. We want to be involved with, with throwing ourselves on social media slightly. We're talking to teams around the country and, and elsewhere. So, you know, it doesn't need to stay local football. Um, 
we could go up to, to D and say those guys who can we just want to take advantage of football and, and enjoy it rather than it's fun playing the cup finals in the league locally but when there's so many other people out there and so many different places to go and see um, there's no reason why can't you grassroots grassroots football um, as a reason to get around and, and have different experiences so that's one of the things that we want to capitalise on Great night out up in uh, up near Liverpool that's for sure I've been up yeah, to Yeah well we, we, went, we had a night out in Brighton after the, the Sands game which was a bit mental we actually we're in a, a club type thing, um, which actually got put in the news just before the lockdown, and then Brighton went into lockdown a week later. So we were kind of held responsible for that. So uh, a bit of an epic night out. So yeah, we have, have to go up north next. The best night, the best night I've ever ever had out in Liverpool was after a Sean Bartlett winner for Charlton at, at Anfield, and uh, it was a replacement bus service, so no trains all the way up there. And uh, Sean Bartlett scored uh, at the cop end. He couldn't get his shirt off his head to to celebrate, but uh, we celebrated in the away end, all the way back to Charlton on an Easter bank holiday, beating Liverpool at Anfield. Fantastic! We've done it at the Valley and we've done it at Anfield. I've seen them both. Ryan, who's your team? I'm not. I'm not uh, offending you there, am I? Yeah, not offending me, but it is Liverpool. Uh, sorry to hear that at the moment. <laughs> uh, Paul. Uh, we'll end with, with Reese, but Paul, uh, what's the future of Cavisham? I know lots and lots of um, community things going with the ladies' team. I don't suppose you've really been able to get that off the off the ground so much uh, yet. But what's what's happening at, at Cavisham? Yeah, I guess it's kind of a combination of what Ryan and Chris have just said there about growing the club a bit. Um, obviously, a, a big part of it from when I took over was getting the the kind of financial side of the club sorted, getting a nice like structure to make sure we were in a position to grow rather than add two or three teams immediately and then end up in a massive mess and crumble the whole club and and then that's it. Um so yeah we're we're ready to to kind of grow and we will have more than one team next season and there's a few things we need to iron out on on all of that. Um but like like Chris has touched upon kind of connecting with with other clubs as well outside of our normal kind of area is, is something we're we're looking to do and we're playing a, a charity game down in Essex against uh, JK Silvertown um, yes, for the yeah. Bradley Lowry Foundation um, at the end of June so um, yeah looking forward to that one that'll be a, a good kind of team day out and um, obviously for a for a great cause as well um, but that's it's kind of it it's kind of continuing on the trajectory we're on so growing the club on and off the pitch doing these things for charity like next season we're, we're in a fortunate position where um, uh, an individual came to us and essentially is funded to, to put balls to cancer on the front of our shirts next season um, because of their own personal connection with with a family member who, who's been going through cancer recently and seeing our stuff on social media and the work we were doing for balls to cancer, they decided to reach out to us and, and wanted to put some money into the club to, to enable us to do that, which is obviously fantastic, mm. not just from the club side of things but for the charity as well and just help to to kind of get some exposure for 
for them as well and um we'll we'll kind of proudly wear wear them on the front of our shirts and yeah um but even with kind of the charity stuff and the growth on the pitch as well um there's definitely going to be a few things on social media over the next year and the, the following season to uh to look out for we've I'm got not- some plans once we can leave the house again I must say thank you. Um, I took part in that in your raffle and I won that scarf. Um, so thank you that my brother's Christmas present only cost me the price of a raffle ticket. That was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. That scarf company, I forget their name now, but um, the, I'm, I'm not, this isn't an advert, but the, the service was fantastic. They didn't have to do, they got it out to me within a few days and, you know, it was a freebie thing, I think. Um, but they were it was fantastic and yeah as I say if my, my, I don't think my brother listens to this but that paid for his that got his Christmas present so I'm chuffed <laughs> Reese, we'll finish, we'll finish with you Reese. Um, what's it looking like for uh, unpredictable in the future is it a little bit more predictable um, you could say that in a sense uh, the aim is to finish the season hopefully um, hopefully win the league this season yep I know we're currently top. That's not to say we're going to win it. I said that we've got to play form, the teams around us. Form is us. out of the window. Form is completely out form of the is window. Massive. But we didn't have 16 fit players before this. Well, now we've got 23 fit players. So squad selections for me get a lot harder. Competition for places get a lot harder. Because we're a young team. I think the oldest player is 22 and the youngest oh, yeah. is 17. So we're... Because the whole, the whole point of Unpredictable was just to give... The boys our age, well, my age in our area, a stepping stone. Because I know some of them want to play semi-pro, some of them want to go pro. And there's not like, enough like that in our area trying to give them. That's why we film our games to try and highlight their ability. So, yeah, so plans for the future. Our media man and the other co-founder with me, he's just bought VO to hopefully f- to film our games properly. And so the boys have highlights. Because I know one of the messages me goes, there's a couple non-league clubs want to look at them, but he needs footage because they can't do tr- proper trials so stuff like that. But yeah, like I said, I think one of the big things we want to do is we've got a massive rebranding in the summer, some brand new kits, uh, brand new logo kind of thing. I was just yeah. got just trying to trying to get ready for this. Um, as we said, we always want to do a massive thing on mental health. So the idea is to get that and uh, the ball rolling on that and just try and keep our club ticking our money because I see this season's been stop start stop start so we kind of know what we need to do in our first season so now I would say our first official season next season we know exactly what to do and stuff like that just to keep the ball rolling get maybe a couple more younger players involved as well trying to give them their first step into men's football and just kind of see where it takes us and try and connect with like just even here like three different teams I think I spoke to Cavishan off the unpredictable account well, she's D Rangers, Stoke Poachers. I've, I've ne- no offense, I've not, not heard of them, so it's good to connect with other teams from, di- from different places as well. That's the beauty of accounts, accounts like Caversham and Stoke Poachers and D Rangers. Is that this, you know, without this podcast, I'd never would have, I would never would have met or spoken to any of you guys. I've spoken to Paul a couple of times now, he's been on one of our summer series, a big interview, 50s podcast in 50 days. Paul took part, uh, Chris. Um, the, the, I've seen his club, but he ended up designing my ch- my children their YouTuber logos. 
uh, D Rangers, you know, we've seen the name all around. There seems to be certain clubs that really do a fantastic job of promoting themselves and getting amongst it. And no, no one's going to talk about grassroots teams if you don't start talking about yourself. And that's that's the main, that's the thing to remember for everyone. This pod, the podcast that we started talking about the three leagues or two leagues that are closest to me because. I referee on them and, and I felt like I had half a clue to talk about the teams. But as it's grown, the community grows. And what you see is that the grassroots football community is, is probably the most supportive um, football community that, that there is. And everyone helps each other out and everyone's touching on um, charity football and raising money for causes. And it's such a selfless, you know, it's the most inclusive selfless uh, part of the game you don't see it on Saturdays as much you may see it in the lower in the lower divisions but the higher it goes the less focused on on uh, on that side of it that they are and the grassroots football community uh, continues to be uh, the most supportive part of football and, we, and it needs to be celebrated and it's fantastic that you know social media has its ups and its downs um, but the best part of it is that all these teams like yourselves are talking and uh, communicating with each other, probably planning uh, your summer tours or, or next, if it's not this, this summer coming, it's the summer after, where you know you've got a game. You know that you can speak to someone and say, oh, uh, Ryan, we're coming, up to, we're coming up to Chester. Can you, we want to come for a weekend. Can you sort us a couple of, who, we'll play you boys and can you, have you got a team that your mates playing so we can make it a weekend, play on the Saturday or play on the Sunday or whatever, or if, Stoke Poges and, and Caversham wanted to go and play uh, the Burfield boys and, and, and bash them up, you know, it'd be, it would be um, a good thing. And, you know, this whole community is, is a fantastic one and uh, it's a supportive one. Keep doing what you're doing. These, you, all four teams here, you're all brilliant on social media. Some teams may be a little bit shy uh, in, call, in calling themselves brilliant. We all support our football team. We've all sang on the terraces that your team is the best, is by far the best team the world has ever seen. We know <laughs> as a Charlton fan, my team aren't the best team the world has ever seen, but I'll sing it because that's what I believe. And that's, that, that, that is what Sunday league football or grassroots teams need to believe. No one's going to talk about it. This, the podcast can do their bit. All you boys can do your bit. But if teams don't do that, then it, 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 it's, it's tough. So, they need to take a leaf out of your book. Um, obviously, Caversham are, are, are global with their um, with their following. Uh, they're, the, they're the trailblazers on that. Um, it doesn't always end up like that. I feel like some teams want, they expect to have the 10,000 followers on, on Twitter, but I'm sure Paul, if he told you the amount of hours that he's sat typing messages out and, and chasing all of that stuff down that, it may put a few teams off that unknowing what the amount of work goes in behind it. Um, boys, thank you very much for your time tonight. It's been great to speak to you. It hasn't been Northern. It hasn't been Northern, that's for sure. But I managed to get in the shout of Sean Bartlett scoring at the cop end in a 1-0 win <laughs> on an Easter Monday, I believe. It made the seven-hour bus journey home brilliant. Uh, lads, uh, this will be out uh, on Tuesday morning at 7 a.m., I wish you all the best. Good luck with your continued uh, successes. Uh, good luck with the rest of the season. Uh, Paul, good luck with your um, your tro- your tournament. Go and get the cup. Bring the cup. If you're going to buy the cup, at least make sure you can take it home with you at the end of it. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, Reese, all the best with your title challenge. Uh, Chris, all the yes, best with you yours. Too. And 
Ryan, get go and get that cup final you wanted. Much appreciate it, man. All the best, boys, and I'll speak to you soon. Cheers. Cheers, 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 Cheers man. Bye. Bye. Keep it simple. Get down to play today. The UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. This week's Selk podcast was brought to you by Down to Play, the simple app for next game availability.